my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. It's Geek Stuff, TNG. What the fuck is a reboot? We're gonna be rolling out a lot of new things. Where the stars in this piece of shit? Oh, are you? I am the sandwich. No one of consequence. You can find me on Xbox at Fat Dumbledore. <laughs> you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? To all who come to this happy place, welcome. I am West Coast Scott! How the hell did I get roped into this? Show me what you got. Scotty, beam me up. The force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Almighty Isis. And here we go. Guys, I couldn't figure out how to start the show today, and then it hit me. Wear a suit? Uh, <laughs> no, that was the joke. Oh, I'm sure it's the slap heard around the world is going to be the headline everywhere today. Oh, yeah. So, it should be. I mean, you know, nobody was watching, but everybody's going to see the, the replays. And then I guess you get the, the Japanese television version that gets all of the actual dialogue from Will Smith. Yeah. Did you guys see that? What he actually said? Oh, yeah. yeah. He was upset. Damn. But he was laughing at the first moment, and then and he, he changed his about, mind. You know, and, and in fairness, I watch the Oscars every year. I thought, by the way, let's just broaden the, the scope here. I thought Amy Schumer, Regina King, uh, or Bell, Bell, Regina Bell, and, uh, uh, and Wanda Sykes did an excellent job at hosting. I thought they were all funny. They weren't like, they weren't like, um, uh, like Ricky Gervais mean, but they took some pokes, which was fine. You know, not a big deal. And they poked at Will Smith and Jada. They poked at them. Regina, Regina, in Regina's bit about the COVID tests, she took a huge swipe at the two of them, you know, and it just went by. They just laughed it off and it was fine, but I don't know what happened in that moment, but they also, and this I found out after the fact, and I did not know this until today, mm -hmm. that apparently her hair loss is due to the fact that she has alopecia. Right. Yes. So it is a medical condition, and I can see where that might have yeah. been an issue that maybe Chris Rock didn't know about. You know, true. I don't know. You wouldn't expect not, Chris Rock I'm to know about condoning, it. I'm not condoning what Will Smith did or what you know, but I think in fairness, we we have to say that a lot worse shit has been said about people at award shows than what was said about Jada Smith. I don't know whether Will Smith is was under a lot of pressure or I don't know what, but I think uh, one or both of them are going to suffer career stuff like career suffering uh, uh, things because of what happened last night. That's yeah. what I thought. 
which is a shame. Which is, he literally won an Oscar, so it's not like the guy can't act. He literally has the award to prove it. Uh, I mean, because of a stupid 10 second. It's not his first nomination out. either. I don't <laughs> think. No, it's not his first nomination. But the point is, is that well, his first award. Well, look, sandwich. We're not judging him based on his acting ability here, are we? Are we judging him based on the fact that? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, like, it, it sucks that that no, will be held does. against him. But this is this yeah. is Hollywood, baby. Oh this yeah, is Hollywood. Oh yeah. Hey, Kev. Make a stupid can, mistake. Kev, can you pull your mic a little closer? I forgot. It's a radio show. Um, you need a microphone. Uh, you, uh, y- we're not judging him based on his ability here. What we're judging him on the fact that is that he made a stupid mistake. And how many other people have made stupid mistakes and their careers have gone bye bye? I don't mean criminal mistakes because there's been plenty of those too. And that's not even a mistake. It is the committal of a crime. You knew what you were doing. You knew it was against the law or whatever it is. And we can go into all the names. But, you know, there are people who have made oh, stupid mistakes. Look at Kathy Griffin. Yeah. That was not unlawful. What She got canceled not for breaking the law. She didn't break the law. She did a stupid thing. Right? And she got canceled as a result of it. That was a stupid mistake that she made. It was a bit. It went wrong. And she got canceled for it. That's not the same as Kevin Spacey, who is a brilliant actor, who broke the law, who did something untoward. And not only did he do it once, he did it several times to several different people and rightly so was taken out of the picture, so to speak, Um, and so on. And we can go on and on and we can talk about who falls on what side of the line. You know, but if you do something stupid from the hip in Hollywood, you can expect that there's a very good chance in this day and age you're going to be canceled for doing it. So here's a here's a here's a piece of friendly advice for everyone in Hollywood. Don't do stupid shit. You know, it's as simple as that. Don't do stupid shit. Don't do stupid shit at all. In front of the world or not, because in this day and age, somebody's got a camera probably on you. Just don't do dumb shit. Don't go up and slap Chris Rock in the face. You know, I'm not even saying, you know, if I was in the same position, I don't know what Will Smith's life is like. And, you know, do you, do you know about the contra- the controversy with regards the, the to two Will of them? Smith? data smith i mean look at that controversy and you can see why if he's trying to get his as he mentioned in his speech trying to get his life back on the rails and his family in order all these things on on top of the fact of all of the pressure of all of these award shows and everything else and he's been winning and there's accolades and all of these things you can bet will smith is laughing as much as he can but he so much as got up there during his Oscar speech and said, I have to laugh. Even if I don't agree, even if it's insulting, I have to laugh because that's what you're expected to do. You're expected to just take it, you know? And so on the one hand, you could say, that's true, Will Smith. So you don't go up and slap Chris Rock in the mouth because let's be honest that nobody has gone up and slapped Ricky Gervais in what? 15 years of him doing award shows i I mean he only did a a few but the point is is nobody has gone up and slapped ricky gervais who has said way more heinous shit right way more heinous 
How did Mel Gibson not smack the taste out of his mouth? That's because Mel Gibson understands that it's a, that it's comedy B that that is his shtick, Ricky Gervais's shtick. And you know, it's none of it meant personal. It's all supposed to be in the course of being funny and so on and so forth. And you need to have a sense of humor about yourself and so on. Now, again, this is a gray area. It's just business. It's not personal. Yeah. Well, this is a medical condition. This may be something Chris Rock was unaware of. This may be, you know, there were a lot of things. And Jada Smith was clearly upset about it. You could see that on her face. And the fact that Will was laughing while she was upset. And he turned and looked and saw she was upset. And that's when the camera cut away. I can only imagine what what, what happened in that interim. But Will Smith completely and utterly, completely and utterly, uh, uh, what's the right word shaken got up there to accept his Oscar and just rambled on because he didn't know what to do with himself because he knew and the last words out of his mouth were, I hope the Academy invites me back. How you long, know, he, how long after that was it? I mean, you know, what was the time span between Chris Rock and, and, and uh, it was a bit, yeah. it was quite a bit. Yeah. It was, there was quite a bit of time in between those two things. And Will Smith, when P Diddy said, uh, you know, Will, uh, Chris, we're going to solve this family style at the gold party. And, you know, and everybody, la- they all laughed, you know, like everybody laughed, including Will Smith was doing the laughs, you know, with love and all, or whatever the hell P did, he said. And when Amy Schumer came out later in the show and said, I was, it took me all that time to get out of that Spider-Man costume. What happened? Did something happen? Yeah. The vibe in this room has really changed which I thought was a brilliant joke, but I also, they cut right to Will Smith who is laughing about the joke. So is he laughing because he's, and this is before he won. Is he expected to laugh? Is that why he was laughing? Is he nervously laughing because he knows there's a fairly good chance that he won't be invited back and that he has done some career suicidal damage to himself by, by slapping Chris rock in the mouth. I mean, there's so many questions that uh, we, we're going to have to wait a year to even find out the answer to. You know, he'll, he'll be expected as the winner of Best Actor to present Best Actress. That's right. Next year. So where are we going with that? I want to also say he five minutes ago released a public apology where he did say, I am sorry, Chris. That he was going to be my that? question because he didn't say he was yes. sorry to Chris when he was apologizing to the Academy. And no, I would like to publicly apologize to, to you, Academy. Chris. And to the Academy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, again, because I'm sure his publicist told him, you don't want to apologize and admit guilt there on live television moments after you did it. Right. I mean, an apology is an admission of guilt and, you know, legally. Right. I mean, not, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm saying that I doubt, you know, I I, doubt Chris Rock would sue Will Smith. And he said that he's not going to file a police report, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's not going to sue, but I don't think even that would have occurred. I don't really, honestly, I don't believe any of that would have occurred. I don't think, I just don't think that would have occurred. It's more, the damage is not uh, 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 over by the law here. It's career damage. And should Chris Rock suffer some of that damage because he said that about Jada Smith? Well, eventually it's going to be the public who decides that. And Chris Rock, in my opinion, has been on somewhat of a steady decline for a number of years now in regards to a number of different things. 
uh, his the 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 whole scandal with his wife and and being divorced and you know like all those things and sort of the performance decline in regards to some of the things that he's done haven't really been that great and some you know like there is sort of this decline happening for Chris Rock in my opinion and and he was like everyone thought the heir apparent to Eddie Murphy and you know it hasn't really materialized that way and uh so but should he suffer because he made a joke about Jada Smith's hair uh, or, or lack of, I don't know. Isn't that a hard one to say? It's a medical condition. Did he know it was a medical condition? No. Well, then can he really be held accountable? Yes, he knew it was a medical condition. Then he should be held accountable because there are lines. And I think that's one. Whereas Ricky Gervais, Ricky Gervais makes fun of stuff that's in the news. You know, when he made fun of Mel Gibson, Every time he made fun of Mel Gibson, it was all stuff that was in the news. It was all stuff that everybody knew. It was all, and he did it with Mel Gibson in the room, you know, and right and coming out on stage. He introduced, go look that up. Look up Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes where he introduces Mel Gibson and see and, and figure out why Mel Gibson didn't smack him in the mouth. You know. Uh, Chris that's Rock. Chris Rock has yeah. a, a tour currently as well, so I'm sure that's going to well, help his you, tour you either way. Bet. He's going to have to rewrite part of that tour, I think. You know, is it the Smack Heard Round the World tour? You know, you know, whatever it is. The point is, is that with everything going on with that couple and the pressure on Will Smith, and if there are health issues that Jada has, she's saying alopecia, but what if there's more? And we just don't know. And she's not willing to share. They're not willing to share that. You know, like there could be any number of pressure points on Will Smith where he could make that mistake. Didn't he say when he got up there, didn't he say Denzel just said to me a few minutes ago, be careful because when you're at your highest point, that's when the devil comes for you. (laughs) He literally said that. And they cut to Denzel who you could see was already a little moist uh, uh, in the eye area because you have to believe that he's just watching somebody he knows in Will Smith, probably just nosediving that plane of a career into the ground right in front of him. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how this is all going to shake out. It's not going away, though, that I know. I saw at least 100 memes today, at least yeah. 100 memes today. Oh yeah, you this know, will everybody be... a picture of him smacking Chris with the with the logo of everyone hates Chris over the top of it. You know, was one I saw that Batman slapping Robin. One, oh yeah, you got to replace. They now. both have black guy heads. Like I saw one. I saw basically the poster for Hitch. You know the movie Hitch, where he's kind of standing there and says Hitch at the bottom, where it says something like bitch and then slap in smaller letters below that like i've seen a hundred memes today this isn't going away this isn't like i made a mistake and it's going away no this is not going anywhere and i have a feeling that's why will smith just issued that statement because it's everywhere it's the war and this right yeah it's the only thing that's big enough to keep it from the war um so let's let's take a quick pause to do the social medias and then we'll jump oh, back into the rest we're of doing the a show welcome yeah, to geek oh. stuff tng yeah yeah um, oh wait you yeah. mean that wasn't part of the show oh hey welcome yeah well welcome to geek stuff tng uh 
If you are not already doing so, reach out and follow us on the social medias like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can find us at GeekStuffTNG and all those places. If you'd like to call and give us a comment 201-730-2547. Correct. That is the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Or you can send us an email. 201-730-2547. Two, five, four, seven. Uh, it's TNG at gmail.com. Or if you want to interact with the show over on the Patreons, patreon.com slash TNG. For a dollar a month, you get access to the Discord server where we can chat about lots of things. Be sure and at mention Kim. Kim? Kev, if you Kim. want to talk to him. Uh, Kim, Kim. Kim might be on there. I don't know. Um, Who is this Kim? <laughs> who is this Kim person? Uh, Big Kim's Geek Stuff is coming next fall. We haven't, we haven't told you about it, Sandwich. Um, oh. <laughs> you can i'm um, finally making the transition <laughs> uh you can support the show at three dollars a month and get access to the early bird special and the prep sheet so you get the show as soon as we're done with it pretty much that's usually monday nights uh, or early tuesday for five dollars a month it's the bonus round where you get the weekend bonus show the sandwich shop and vintage episodes of big kev's geek stuff on the first and the 15th and then for ten dollars a month you get to watch the show live where there is no time to edit and you just get to see all the craziness as it happens and we talk about the Oscars before the show even begins. No, no, I'm going to leave all that in, but I just wanted to take a break and do the socials. So, okay. So let's talk about the Oscars. Um, Dune won the most, I think. Did it? But nothing significant. Yeah, all, I mean, t- all technical categories, all right? Significant. Yeah, yeah. They won all the outfit, technical categories. Best, best scenery. They did. They won all the. Didn't they win like all of those categories? I don't think they won best costume. I think Cruella won that, but I think everything else, like effects and sound editing and some right and so you other pieces. visual effects I'm, I'm, I, production I design i'm pretty sure dune won the most awards last night. i'm pretty sure that's that's correct yeah i think so yeah I think know, that's they got correct. they got visual effects and production design right. uh and cinematography yeah like three other ones right there weren't there a couple they won a couple that were like off this the show oh it could be could be i'm just looking at the, the main list here uh yeah. they won best editing yeah and uh, and best score for Hans Zimmer. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. They and won, best sound. They, so it's all all yeah. the technical stuff, but yeah, none of the you, acting. None of the acting. None of the acting. None of the acting. None of the directing. He wasn't even nominated, which is a disgrace that he wasn't nominated. Disgrace. But Spielberg was for West Side Story. But Spielberg was for West Side Story, a remake of a movie. Well, I guess technically, so is Dune. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I just let me let me phrase it another way. I did not think that Spielberg should have been nominated for West Side Story there. I said it. Um, and there was oh, a, I feel like there was another. Take. What's that? It's a, what a hot take. <laughs> I, I yeah, I know. But I also felt like I wonder that I wonder that I'll, I'll risk saying I wonder if diversity played a part in that. But then Dennis Villeneuve is like French or something, isn't he? Canadian or something? I think he's French. I think he's French, right? So I I I, I quickly dismissed that theory, but I I just I I don't know. I don't understand why on earth he would not have been directed up for best picture, up for every award, and won the most awards. But he doesn't even get a nomination for director. Like, that's just bizarre. I think that opinion. happens sometimes. I remember I remember a, oh. a, a meme of uh, a meathead. What's his name? from Archie Bunker. Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner kind of complaining. I don't remember which movie it was, but one that he directed that it was nominated for Best Picture and all those other things. And he's like, 
it didn't direct itself. How does it become Best Picture if there's not a director at it? How do I not even get nominated? Grandmama is informing us that Dune won six awards last night. Six. Thanks, Nanny. So uh, I like that it's chimps, Nanny, because you must be one of the chimps. Yes, we were all the chimps. All the grandchildren are chimps. I see. How many chimps um, are there? So there's three. Three. Sorry. Yeah, three. That's the actual number. Why are you say saying like I'm lying? No reason. He just brought the show to a screeching halt for no reason. Why'd you, Sorry. Why'd you it's like look fault. off in the distance? He's, like, he's just letting me like hey, marinate in he, that bad pause. And I'll keep it up, and I'll come there and smack you. Did you just flash back in the middle of the episode? In yeah. The of- <laughs> to Nam. <laughs> My days in Saigon coming back. But uh, uh, yeah, so six awards and the man doesn't even get a nominee for best director. That's bizarre. In my opinion. Sandwich is the number one chimp. Oh, no, the first chimp. Sorry, the first you're one. the eldest chimp. Yes, eldest chimp. Are you also the number one or you're not the favorite? Uh, I don't want to claim that. Are you the only one with a podcast? I'm the only can't, boy. So can't can't be the favorite I'm... because he has a sister. <laughs> All right. I'm let... not allowed. I'm not allowed to mention that. So you get her name out of your mouth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're exactly correct. He's gonna come here and slap me. Uh, I, I should have a plane sandwich. No, we should have a slap midway. sound effect. We meet midway at Scott's house, slap each other, then go home. There we go. There we go. <laughs> So uh, on that note, uh, anything else about the Oscars that was really noteworthy? I feel like um, Coda is significant because it was an Apple Plus or Apple TV movie that won. Which I still haven't seen. And then and that's about deaf people, right? And so the the it supporting is, yeah. the supporting actor was was hearing impaired. I think so. I think that's a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. It also won for adapted screenplay. And... No original. Was it original or was it adapted? Coda, hold on. Because uh, original Coda is adapted. Uh, what you call it? One original and Belfast one original. McKinnon. Was it original? Yeah, original oh, okay. was Kenneth Branagh. Oh, it was adapted then. Yeah, there wasn't yeah. Dune. Oh, ad- adapted? No, adapted was Coda. Yeah, and original was Belfast by Kenneth. Belfast, Branagh. that's the one I could remember. Yeah. That should have won more awards. And so then it's Troy uh, Kotzer won the best supporting actor for Coda in that. Ooh. So that's a. I think that's a big deal. And I think that's probably all there is in, in our genre to talk about the old Oscars. But if we missed anything, just give us a call on the GVM line. 201-730-2547. All right, let's move on to other news. Hold on, let me do this. Geek stuff. What's in the news? You know, that was really impressive because... Like, what's actually on the buttons wasn't lit up, and I had to do that from memory, and I hit the right button. But anyway, um, let's see here. So Jamie Lee Curtis is going to officiate her daughter's wedding, and it's going to be a cosplay wedding. I think that's kind of fun. That's that's cool. She's going to be wearing a World of Warcraft costume, apparently. So, so is it all... Jamie Lee Curtis. Is getting married? No, no, her daughter's getting married. She's oh, going to be the officiant. Okay. But it's She's a cosplay wedding. it in, in World of Warcraft cosplay. She's going to be, what is it, uh, Jaina Proudmore? I don't know. Sure. That must be a World of Warcraft I, I, carrier. I didn't do WoW. You didn't do WoW? No. I mean, even I was... played WoW for a little while. I mean, I thought everyone has played that massively you, you know, multiplayer online game. I think game. when it got to my age bracket, 
it it kind of teetered off. Like I feel like a lot of kids in my age bracket don't play it as much. Yeah, I guess you moved on to other. I mean, there's plenty of other. Like I guess yeah, like that Call point, of Duty and Halo and other yeah, stuff took over. Fifty million video games you could you would be playing instead, yeah. and you know, you could be yelling at each other over there instead of yelling at each other in World of Warcraft. Yeah, I played World of Warcraft. You oh, did as everything yeah. collapses on Kev's desk over there. Me, me, and OG played for quite a while. I got nothing against the game. I just never played it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I played it when my work-life stress was probably at its peak, and yeah. it was very effective at being a good distraction from the rest of your life because, you know, you're just paying attention to the game and you forget about all the rest of your troubles. So, for better or for worse, it's a big time suck. It takes a lot of, you know, yeah. but you're not stressed out while you're playing it because you're just kind of focused on whatever it is you're doing. So that's what I used it for, stress so, relief. Scott, are you familiar with the World of Warcraft South Park episode? I mean, I know that it exists, but I don't watch South Park, yeah. so I haven't seen it. It was, it so, was spot on. So there's a part where they're like, we're going to kill boars to level up. We need to kill like 180,000 boars. Right. In the span of like two months to level up where we need to. And it's like it's like a meme. There was a guy who actually made a video of if I needed, if you wanted to level up all the way in World of Warcraft, only killing boar, here's the most effective way to do it. And he mapped it out, and it was like millions of boars that you would just have to slaughter to get to max level. And it's so diminishing where it's like the first couple is like 10, 20. And by the end, it's like you need to kill 100,000 boar just to get to the next level. Like it was ridiculous. Well, I remember so, that they used to have those like hacks or mods that would run a run a what do you call it, Kev, where it would just like a script. A script that would then like, you know, move you around in a circle and kill like low-level yeah. things so you could just leave it running while you weren't around. But those are like illegal, right? If they caught you doing that, they would suspend your account. Depends on the game. They were legal in Galaxies. Oh, okay. But yeah, I I mean, I don't remember about uh well, I don't remember about Warcraft. I don't remember if they were legal or not. I don't recall them being very prevalent in Warcraft, but Galaxies, everybody had one. And you just kill whatever wanders into your space and then and then get the get the experience points for it. All right. Well, let's uh let's move on. I, well, again, the reason that the uh, Jamie Lee Curtis story managed to me is like we didn't have a cosplay wedding, although it was suggested that maybe we should back on Pi Day when we got married uh, seven years ago. Um, but we did have all of our centerpieces were geek and nerdy related. So there was a Firefly table and a, <laughs> a Star Trek table and a Star Wars table. So that when you got your table assignments, it was what fandom did table did you go sit at? So that's a, a little little uh, Pi Day Scott background. Uh, let's Fucking see. Nerds. I, I know. Um, Lost City was the top of the box office with uh, 30 million, and Batman was 20 million. Can we talk about Batman yet? Is it? Is it? This is week three, right? We are within the the embargo is over. We can openly discuss Batman. Um, Kev, want to go first? Scott, go. <laughs> um, I I really enjoyed it. I was you know I was really concerned, and again not not to get too political, but I've been having these concerns about Batman essentially just beating the shit out of criminals, right? And, you know, got some concerns with that. You know, when it's a super-powered, murderous person that's going to destroy the world, okay, then, you know, maybe violence is the answer. But when it's a low-level mugger on the streets of Gotham, I don't know if you should, 
you know, break both of his legs and paralyze break him. Break his right? arm, throw him through a window. Right. So, so you know, again, I've been having some issues with that. So I kind of, I really legitimately went into the movie wondering how, if it was going to, you know, bother me, you know, if the, you know, if that was going to be. And I felt like they did a perfect job of, okay, the people that are getting, you know, the shit beat out of them, you know, deserve it, right? It's not, you know, it's not just low-level crimes. But, you know, they also made the point that everybody's afraid that the Batman's going to beat the shit out of them, which I thought was good, you know, but but they only actually showed him doing the violence to more important types of criminals, I yeah. thought. So that and do you, mattered to And me. do you know where they get that from? Do, get what? The everybody get being the scared? the idea of the threat being worse than the than the payout when it comes to a, a lawman doing that? Oh, you, you told us before it's a... Uh, Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp, yeah. Wyatt Earp's reputation was not that he would kill you because he only ever killed like two people. Well, before Tombstone, he only ever killed like two people. The reputation was, and not even the reputation, but the fact of the matter was, is he would beat the shit out of people. That's what they were <laughs> afraid of. Not that Wyatt Earp was going to kill them, but that Wyatt Earp was going to beat the crap out of them. Yeah. It's the same idea. So he doesn't need to, you know, Wyatt Earp doesn't need to kill anybody. You know, because the threat is enough. And because when you've gotten the crap beat out of you by a person and the word gets around that they can beat the crap out of you, you don't need to kill anyone. In fact, at, at some point, you don't even need to beat anyone up. Go watch the movie Tombstone. There's, they play that up so much in that movie because everybody is like, yeah, I heard of you. Yeah, everyone heard of him at the time because he was the most one of the most feared lawmen in the country, and he never killed anyone. He killed one guy, I think, before Tombstone. Like, one. Right, the threat, the threat does its job, and it stops yeah. everything. You know, the threat of violence is enough. Yep. Right. So, so Ian, so that, I, again, I was, I was pleased with that. Again, it was a little long. I also, I feel like uh, Sparklebat, uh, Robert Pattinson, like, when, it, when he's just Bruce Wayne, it doesn't look like Robert Pattinson. I feel like if you just showed me a picture, like, of him as Bruce Wayne and said, who is this? I wouldn't say, oh, that's Robert Pattinson. Like, you know, if I didn't know anything about the movie, I feel like he looks yeah. very different. Um, uh, and, you know, and he plays it as kind of a PTSD, very numb person. I also felt that Alfred was barely in it. You know, he really, you know, his he, he kind of shows up and helps out a little bit, but very little Alfred in it. And then, you know, the he rest of it I thought was good. character. Yeah, but but less than I I just thought you know again Anthony Circus pretty major actor I thought that he was going to be in it a little more than he was, um, and then you know I thought that everybody else did a really good job I mean you know the Riddler was excellent and you know uh, Lieutenant Gordon was was strong oh that's the other thing I loved that it wasn't an origin story I, and I was surprised I didn't realize that it was going to start just kind of pick up you know, two years in. And I thought that was great that we didn't have to see Thomas and Martha Wayne get killed again. I was surprised that we didn't get it in a flashback in some way. I, and I'm, but I'm glad that they, when it, we don't need it. Nobody needs it anymore, right? Have, have we all we know. All, is it safe to say, I'm, I'm wondering, have we all seen the cut scene with the Joker? Yeah. A scene, by not, the way, actually. that they actually used a piece of in the trailer and then did not use the scene in the movie, which I thought was funny and how did we feel about brian key i think it's key Kihonen or whatever the hell his name is that the dude from eternals yeah who played the joker first of all it's probably the most fucked up looking joker <laughs> yeah ever um so i i think it 
on the one hand, I wouldn't say that it had that going for it necessarily, but I also thought I didn't really, I think I needed more to make a judgment if this is going to be, you know, if this is going to be the direction we go in. I mean, basically they treated him like Hannibal Lecter, Mm -hmm. you know, look at these files and so forth. You know, which has been a trope since uh, since Silence of the Lambs. Well, really, since Manhunter. But you know, I I found it odd that that was the trope that they decided to use that character for. It makes sense, but again, I kind of thought you really going to go to a, a you know a, a sort of a chaos lunatic in order to get this information. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you, but, I don't know. It's really odd. I, I think I'll be looking forward to see if they do more with him in the next one. Yeah. What I yeah. what I liked. Well, I liked that what he said at the end. Right. You think they deserve it? Like he's got he's got yeah. bad, he's got him pegged, right? And he does. He has that right that that he's not sure if. I mean, obviously, he doesn't think they deserve to be killed because Batman doesn't kill. But they were criminals and they needed to be taken out, right? So this guy. Right. And so I liked that point. I thought it was well made and it fit really well with the tone of the story. Um, I was a little surprised. Well, I'm not, I was, I guess I wasn't surprised ultimately that there was not a connection to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Yeah. That, I mean, that it, it was a cut scene, so that doesn't mean they can't retcon it, but it, assuming that th- that scene is considered part of well, this film, it does kind of close the door unless there was a cut scene, but don't forget he did appear in the actual film. That's true. So, but so, this guy could have been inspired by you know Joaquin's character right and I feel like that and to me that's the right way to do it is that you know Joaquin used the name the Joker but then this the Joker from Batman picks it up and moves on I think that that's could be that works for me is it is it that it could work or that we want it to work that's really the question. no I, I'm saying that one of my biggest problems with the Joker movie was the time frame, the setting, the, the the year of which it was to occur versus the age of Batman. Right. And, you know, and, and I also felt like that character didn't seem like he could be a crazy chaos, you know, criminal mastermind even, you know, and so those were the things that I didn't like about it. But so if the Joker was inspired by that guy, I, just, just to me, that feels better. I like that idea better. I mean, I'm not sure they, I, I don't, I'm not saying they couldn't figure out a way to tie it all together, but to me, the, those were my issues with the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. So, Sandwich, what do you think about Batman? I, I really it liked it. It doesn't matter what you yep. think! Sorry, That's I'm fair. sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, I liked it a lot, actually. I appreciate it, because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, the Batman movie sucked. Well, Did you expect him to be, like, jumping and kicking? And for st- I mean, there were jumping and kicking and explosions, but it was a detective movie. It was about him being a detective and figuring out a crime. So if you go into the thinking like, well, I didn't hear enough jokes. They didn't make any, I didn't laugh about some gag in the middle of, you're not, this was not never meant to be that. I don't know what people thought this was going to be. This was supposed to be like a dark, gritty detective movie and delivered it absolutely perfectly. I'm going to agree and support Sandwich despite Mm -hmm. West Coast Scott's inappropriate uh, use of that drop. It's just inappropriate. So I will support and I will agree with Sandwich. This was exactly the movie that Matt Reeves 
promised us. He said, this is the part of Batman that bullshit. I say, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. This is the part of Batman that hasn't been explored yet. The detective side, at least not fully, at least not well enough. So yeah. Good for you. Sandwich. What what did you guys think of the, uh, of the bat suit? I didn't mind it. Uh, You know, also I was originally the, the, the collar, like the kind of collar that was sticking up, like it kept drawing my attention, but I didn't not like it. I felt like it it, it all worked so, together pretty good. My thing that I love about this movie that it also portrayed very well is you can tell he is still new to doing Batman. Yeah, he's done it for two years, but it is still very much like I'm trying to balance Batman and Bruce Wayne. And like, I'm still trying to like he gets. He's fighting the mooks. He's fighting the, that gang in that like reigning sub, subway station. He still takes hits. You know, he's not some unbeatable uh, fucking mechanot of death that, you know, people think Batman is sometimes. No, he's getting his ass beat a little bit. You know, he, he took a couple licks in the head. He got knocked out and had to be brought to the police station because he was being stupid and thinking with his head and not thinking, you know, thinking with his heart, not thinking with his head. I appreciate that so much where it's like, this isn't full Batman because. My one complaint I had about the Nolan trilogy for me that I always it really came clear now is like I feel like Christian Bale's Batman went from like I haven't been bat I've been Batman for a day to I've been a Batman for 20 years almost. Like I felt like he was already fully equipped, ready to go for everything. Like he I feel like he didn't grow into being Batman, even though we saw him come back and start being Batman. It felt like he he had started it as if he had already been 10 years into it. You get what I'm trying to say? In fairness, though, he did have all that training and we got to see all of that. Which is fair. Whereas this version, we didn't get to see however he got these skills. We didn't get to see that. Yeah. And so it may feel a bit more raw for a guy who we did not get to see train versus a guy who we got to see train for half a movie. Yeah. Just a thought. And um, no, I liked it a lot. I like the, the villains. I said it last time. I'll say it again. The villains worked out very well here. I didn't feel like the movie was cluttered with villains where it's like storyline on top of storyline on top of storyline. They all flowed very well and were interwoven very well. Like I didn't mind that there was Penguin because Penguin was he was a, a deal, but he wasn't like Penguin, the Penguin plot and the Riddler plot and the Catwoman plot and the spo- slight spoiler Carmine Falcone plot. Like, it didn't feel like it was all, like, going against each other. It felt like it all, like, wove very well, which I appreciated. How, how did you like Totoro as uh, Carmine Falcone? Uh, so, what's, I, I see that guy, and I always think, like, the Transformer movies, because those are, like, my first introduction to him, where he's, like, kind of like a bumbling idiot who has a lot of clearance to do things. So seeing him being, like, a hardcore kind of gangster was interesting um and i thought he played it well i thought he did a good job at that i thought you know the i liked how they did spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert the selena kyle connection because i know that's not always a thing sometimes that's his that's his kid and sometimes not but i did like that connection and like it made sense and like I don't know. I just I think they did a really good job and I'm excited to see what we do going forward. I liked how we did the Joker only really like, yeah, we had that Joker gang, but you only saw in theory, if you don't see the deleted scenes, you took it out. 
two minutes of Joker, maybe. You know what I mean? They don't say like, oh, I'm the Joker or like, oh, the Joker's in that cell. It's kind of like, you know, heavily implied. This is the Joker. And yeah. I just like that. So, so again, to stay heavily into the spoilers and get very scene specific, how did you feel when he's when the Riddler's finally caught and he's talking to him and, uh, you know, he's saying Bruce Wayne and, you know, I mean, that was a well done scene, I think, right? Because you could see, like, like you kind of, you kind of knew what was going to happen because that's how it had to happen. But like, you can see the, the even though he's acting behind the mask, I, th- I felt like that scene was well played. Oh yeah, I, I, I honestly was like, how, how the hell are they going to do it where Riddler? Because in my mind, because maybe I was like in the movie, I'm like, how the hell are they going to have it where Riddler knows who Bruce Wayne, is, who Batman is? It's like, oh wait. He doesn't. Yeah, they did that. They did that really that. well, right? Because again, yeah. that's that's a big problem with lots of other superhero movies. Is that a bad guy finds you know either the bad guy knows the secret identity and then gets killed. Okay, so that eliminates the problem. Or the bad guy knows the secret identity and then because of some code isn't going to tell anybody, which is completely unbelievable, right? So it always takes you out of it when the secret identity is broken. So, but I just yeah. felt like they did a good job in this movie of of taking you right up to that and then, you know, and, and, and taking it back. I thought it was, I thought it was really well done. Kev, no, any, any thoughts? Very excited. I No, I mean, I, I, I liked it. It wasn't without its problems. I thought it was a bit scattered. Um, story-wise with regards, and I mean specifically with regards to Bruce in the whole trying to find himself, you know what I mean? Situation. Mm-hmm. you know and rescuing the people and so and you know like i also thought he was way too cozy with the police for year two way too cozy he's on the scene of major crimes and he's year two batman that seems a little early and not only is he on the scene but it's not like they cleared the scene and he came in he's just walking amongst the cops yeah why the cops letting this vigilante walk around because the lieutenant said so well why did the lieutenant say so because he's Batman. Who the fuck is Batman? It's only been two years. You know, how many times, you know, like I thought that was a bit kind of a little loose um, and some other things. But uh, overall, I thought it was fine. His performance was fine. You know, nobody was, in my opinion, nobody was really a standout in it. Um, it didn't suck. And I think it, in large part, it's what it needed to do was not suck and leave you at least wanting to see what they do next, which I think it did just fine. So, so last question, do you think that they set up Bane with uh, his green adrenaline shot from the, the, the finale or the, the climax? Clearly. Yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was good and very subtle. Like if you don't know, it doesn't mean, and then you just assume it's just adrenaline or something, but like the fact that it was green and all that, that's gotta be venom, right? Yeah. Well, they don't I think have it's to, a bad idea. They don't have to bring Bane in right away. Bane. They don't have to bring, but I mean, that's just, again, you're just establishing the universe. I mean, only if you're establishing him as, as potential in the universe, fine. But you can't do Bane again. It's like, here we go again, you know, and we got the Penguin and we got Catwoman and we got the Joker and we got the Riddler and, you know, Nicolas like, Cage I want, as Egghead. It's been rumored already. Nicholas I mean, Cage not said that. It. I mean, I don't want to go that down that rabbit hole yeah i don't want bookworm (laughs) or or king tut or i don't want any of those yeah i don't want condiment king but yet on another hand i desperately want condiment king um but that said 
I mean, and I'm not saying that we, we need to go super, you know, deep, deep dive here, but you know, I mean, give us something else. I mean, he's got a pantheon of villains, you know, like, can we have just a couple more, you know, I, I, I'm, I can't even think of any off the top of my head, you know, that you'd, you'd want right out of the gate. But I, I mean, I mean, I mean, it'd be like, hush, hush should be cool. Yeah, but hush requires a lot of backstory. So you can't do hush. Mm, yeah. You know, because like, I, I feel like, sorry, I didn't mean to cut over you. No, no. We, I don't want to go to like cartoonish. Like Killer Croc can't work. Bane in full like Venom and muscle roided out can't work. Because it's supposed to be Killer, like. I think Killer Croc could work. I just don't think they will. Which is fine because they're if they're keeping this one grounded in reality the way that they have the, well, at least the Nolan series, right? Yeah. Then I understand them not wanting to use Killer Croc. But, you know, there's like. I mean, and maybe this is a bad example, but like there's Clayface. Mm -hmm. And how do we update, modernize, and make Clayface real? Is there a possibility to do that? That's one example. But, you know, I'm sure if I sat here, I'm sure if we put it out on the GVM line. Oh, you don't, you don't want to get it this time? I, I got to do it now. 201-730-2547. And it's too bad because, yeah, and tell us what, what villain you think uh, should appear in the new Batman universe. You know, like they ruined Black Mask already. So we can't do Black Mask. And he would have been perfect for this series. But they ruined him with the Birds of Prey movie. Ruined. Yeah. Um, but then, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about getting into that sort of level. You know what I mean? Who are the real sort of criminals that we can get in there? That's what I think they should be looking at. Mad Hatter. Again, I think you're bordering too much on fantasy. That's why I don't think the ventriloquist is any good either. Hugo Strange would be cool. Hugo Strange would work because there's a number of different ways that could work. So, yeah, Hugo Strange would work. And there are a number of them that would work. It's just a question of, you know. And are they going to continue to give us the same villains over and over and over and over again? Or are they at least going to try and mix it up a little bit? Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Zaz works in this in this universe pretty good, doesn't he? I, I don't see Zaz as like a mate. Like he would work in the, as in a the secondary? penguin slot. Yeah, he could be like a henchman for a penguin. And maybe, you know what? Maybe he'll be in the in the penguin series on HBO Max. I don't know if they have the guy who played him in Gotham do it. Right. I mean, they had, they had him in there too. So um, just on a related note, uh, JK Simmons says that uh, the Batgirl movie is going to explore uh, Jim Gordon as a father. So that's going to kind of focus a little on that. Can I say I'm sad that we're, I, I know it's a separate universe that we're not getting. I, I feel bad not knowing the actor's name, the guy from Jer the Batman Jeremy Wright. Played. Yeah. I liked him as Jim Gordon. So now I'm kind of sad that, I mean, I like J.K. Simmons. It's not, and I'm not anti-J.K. Simmons, but you know, I kind of liked this Batman universe. So now it's just confusing. Of where the hell are we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's it. You're just, it, it's you just have to accept that over on DC the DC table, it's, they're not going to be connected that way, right? And that's okay because yeah. so this Batman can be good and Batgirl can be good, and they're just not interconnected, right? Where you yeah. just get we got used to it from the Marvel side of things. 
And then, and then that's going to get broken by uh, Morbius, right? Have you seen the the initial uh, um, reviews of Morbius? I heard it wasn't good. Not good. Not good. Although the uh, the uh, the billboard for it that was like a moving billboard was pretty good. Did you see that? No. It was. I, I don't know exactly where it was, but it was basically a video billboard where. It looks like the normal billboard, and then he rips it open with his big clawed hands and sticks out his vampire face and then goes back. So that's probably better than the whole movie, apparently. <laughs> that comes out Friday. I didn't even realize. We are we are ready for Morbius. You going to go see that opening night, Kev? In He's the muted. one theater on the island? No. Are the reviews bad? I haven't seen any. Yeah, critics pan the film. Let's see. I can, I can read you some quotes, but they're not good. Um... Oh, yeah, first reactions are just not not great. Let's see. Let me find a quote or two here. Morbius is just as, as disjointed and boring as you'd expect it to be, clearly butchered in an edit by a studio who had no clue what they wanted to do with it, not that there's a good film trapped in there. Mid-credit scenes are a joke. Stick around if you like rolling your eyes. That was one a tweet about it. So, yeah, just... I don't think anybody wow. said, oh, this is great. So, I mean... Not that I mean, was anybody looking forward to Morbius? Why do we we don't even care about Morbius, right? I mean, I think I was looking forward to it. Yeah, like I I'm always a fan of more content, and if we're entering into like this this space we haven't entered yet, which is the supernatural version of superhero dumb, where it's like vampires, because like we haven't had that since Blade. So you know, the more supernatural stuff, it's a cool concept to explore in the superhero world. So it would be cool to explore like vampires and stuff. But I mean, if the first soiree into it sucks, you know? Yeah. For sorry in a while sucks. If anything, hopefully it will get him ejected from the Tron movie. <laughs> I don't think so. So you're works. just hoping that Jared Leto doesn't, doesn't uh, bring down a Ever different work again. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he should slap somebody at the Oscars. Yeah. No kidding. Why didn't someone go up and slap Jared Leto? You know? Unbelievable. And this is for Joker. Smack. Right. Uh, you know what? I I see that being a meme. Uh, can you almost picture it like, like a Mel Brooks movie where randomly in the middle of a Mel Brooks movie, Will Smith just comes up and smacks somebody? Like like that like it 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 developing into that kind of a joke in the future where it just I I well, we'll find out on the next SNL. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I have a feeling. Whenever that is, I don't know when the next one is. Yeah. Uh, did you did you see SNL when uh, Oscar Isaac host hosted? It was really strong. I loved that beginning when he showed the the film that he worked on when he was a kid with his buddy, and I mean, yeah. and he said like when it was all said and done, like his one of his last lines was, you know, like we need to support those weird kids out there because they grow up to be creative adults or whatever. But I mean, it was just it was a really nice opening, but it was also just funny for him to be, you know, self deprecating enough to show this kind of crappy film that he made as a 10 year old um all right let's let's move on last week we spent a little bit of time talking about uh doctor who and that there was some rumors that debunked yeah debunked rumors so hugh grant is like no he's not going to be the new doctor so i think maybe uh russell t davies must have said he would like for hugh grant to be the new doctor and somebody ran with it so maybe it was over there on what's the what's the website you know who did not run with it hugh grant yeah well, yeah, it was a, we got it covered was saying Hugh Grant's going to be. Because he would have been booed out of the country. I mean, yeah. 
And, and I guess he's already technically been on an episode of Doctor Who, so I don't know how long ago that was. So um, let's move over to AMC and uh, The Walking Dead. How many spinoffs are there going to be of The Walking Dead, Kev? That I am aware of, I think that um, there's Fear the Walking Dead, I think, is continuing. Yes. The one with the kids, is that New World or something? Is it The World Beyond? Is that the one with the kids? Yeah, The World Beyond. Okay. And then and I think Daryl and Carol. Yeah. Is that what it's called or is it untitled at this point? I haven't heard a title. If it's a, if there's a title to it, I'm I'm unaware of it. The Daryl and Carol show. Yeah. That's what I know it as. A zombie sitcom. And I don't know. Is there any more? So as far as I know, that's there, it. There's another one called Tales of the Walking Dead. Oh, well, yeah, like an anthology that's series an anthology. that was inevitable. Yep. And then, and then the, the, the article that I read was speculating based on Maggie and Negan's current status that are they going to bring those two back for, you know, or, or are they going to show up in the Rick movies, which are still, are they going to even, are we going to have those Rick movies or are they just done, done? Did COVID kill the Rick Not movies? Not that I've heard. I didn't hear, I haven't heard a thing about those films, so. Yeah. And then lastly, we're, you know, this is in the streaming uh, streaming services section of the of the program. Has anybody heard of Gizmoplex? The hell is that? It is apparently the Mystery Science Theater 3000 streaming service where you can just stream all the Mystery Science Theater 3000s and including their new 13th season. So, wow. so Mystery Science MST3K is coming back again because it got resurrected. I don't remember even which was it on Netflix where they kind of came back for a few episodes with our new a new uh, season or two and then now this so. is they're just all on their own. Uh, Not Riff uh, Tracks, right? Well, it's I mean Riff Tracks is the is the guys from Mystery Science Theater 3000 when they kind of do it like at, at Fathom events and stuff like that. So I'm sure they're right. they're probably involved in some kind of behind the scenes way, but this is the new version that has uh um J shoot, why can't I think of his name? I can look it up in the article, I suppose. Um Now Remind me, yeah. Mr. Science Theater is that is where like you have Muppets, Muppet shadows at the bottom screen of a movie, and they talk during the movie about how bad it is, right? Yes, yeah. And Jonah Ray is the one that took over for the like original couple of guys that did it back in the day. And now Sandwich has to watch one. No, I'm not. Wa- that's bad. I'll watch anything else except Mystery Science Theater. There's actually a movie, right? There, they like not. There's the there's the episode of the show. It. I've seen it. It's just not good. To me, I just didn't like it because I don't like any of their jokes. Yeah, like, can I mean, we not clap? Thank you. It depends. I, I mean, I I get the the humor of it, but it's not my thing. Like I, you know, like yeah. Oh, if I watched it with a friend that said, "Oh, hey, I love Mystery Science Theater 3000. Let's watch it." I'll watch it and I'll laugh at some of the jokes, but that's just not how I want to spend two hours of my time. You, you know, the movie itself was already bad. I'd rather you know just I'd rather hang out with my friends and make fun of the movie myself. Then watch. It's like watching people play D and D. I mean, yeah, I think I, I mean, think that that's unless it. it has a really interesting and different hook. Just saying, right? I mean, just you know, saying. so wouldn't wouldn't you say that it's similar to the Beavis and Butthead hook, right? Beavis and Butthead made fun I was of videos. Literally thinking but, that, but now it's movie, right? I mean, so it's it it is it is a genre that pe- some people enjoy, but to me, a little goes a long way, and I wouldn't 
I, you know, I wouldn't watch, I tried to watch the new one because, you know, honestly, I like Jonah Ray. So I went to, to watch it and I watched the first one and I'm like, eh, but it is what it is. It's just not my thing. So, all right. Do you want to uh, take us to break? And with that, we will take our first and only break on this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 677. 76. Damn it. 676. I think. Uh, the one with currently, well, are we going to call slap. it bitch, bitch Slap? I was just going to call it Slap. All right, Slap. Uh, the one we called Slap, uh, and we'll be right back. Would G.I. Jane be in bad taste? After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. We need to get the word out that the listeners can be involved with Geek Stuff TNG directly by using our GVM line. 201-730-2547. Hmm. Maybe we could use our seductive voices? Huh? Our what? All right, here. Let's read these lines in our most seductive voices, like this. <clears throat> hey there. We want you to be a part of Geek Stuff TNG with your questions and your hmm comments. Oh. <clears throat> That's right. We want you to tell us what's mm, on your mind. What we are doing that you <laughs> like. <coughs> so call us on the GVM line, 201-730-2547, and you may hear yourself uh, on an upcoming episode of Geek Stuff TNG. <laughs> Wow. Wow. What? Okay, here we go. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Pottern Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called the PieCast because we got married on Pie Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pie Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pie Day Scott. Check us out. What's up? This is Mikey T, host of the Failing Hollywood Podcast. I'm just a guy who plays with props behind the scenes. On our show, we have guests who also work behind the scenes, and we joke around, we drop names, we tell real on-set stories. We even play some film games, only on the Failing Hollywood Podcast, found wherever podcasts can be found. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. 
The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step -step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends. Model space. And now, another classic Geek Stuff ID. Hi, this is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you're listening to me here on Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Yeah. Heroes in a half shell, turtle power. Geek Stuff TNG. Live from the Sandwich Shop, Party Productions in sunny Southern California and Big Half Una Studios, it's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, you're going to our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is in 118 scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your three and three quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details, like the proton torpedo bay, working engine lights, and a light-up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-foil is open to attack position. The laser cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up, all by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their do-do-do-do-do-do premium offer. You get what 18 scale. Hanger accessories to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates, tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members, and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you've received. Fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or at shows or conventions. And I don't need to tell you, the price tag can be quite high. The genius of this system is that you're paying a little each month as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth! Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Welcome back. That was a wonderful live read, Mr. Sandwich. Um, yes <laughs> yes a wonderful library was read three months so ago much conviction and so much love no but I you, so, you actually sure sounded so good love. on that one i mean we should use it forever i don't hate that idea <laughs> yeah we know but we miss baby yoda where's baby yoda i haven't seen baby yoda in a while he's right here he didn't leave all right he didn't leave. He's been right here the whole time. It's Baby Yoda. All right. Uh, why don't we do this? Geek stuff. Comic news. Smell that? That's the smell of new comic books. So I guess the Dark Crisis is the new event over at DC. Ooh. 
I think, uh, Dark Crisis. Dark Crisis. DC has to put Crisis in all of its crossover events. Uh, is that right? Because Crisis was like their best one. It was, yeah. I mean, it was a, a monumental event. That is true. And so Young Justice What's is going to return. What's the premise here? Oh, this is the one where everybody's dying, right? They're Death killing the, the Justice, Justice League. They're all, everyone's dying. What's new about this one? <laughs> I um, mean, they all die for real this time, I swear. Sure. So, Dark Crisis, the DC event that promises to kill the Justice League, will include a spinoff series starring Teenage Heroes Young Justice. Dark oh, Crisis, gonna, six we'll, issue We'll have a miniseries that brings back the Justice League. Yeah. So, it's okay. We'll bring back the Justice League in, like, <laughs> a month, maybe. So, can, can anyone tell me the difference between Young Justice and Teen Titans? I think, is it yes, Young Justice? Literally like <laughs> Yeah, there you or, go. And so, the team members. So this is going to sound silly. I always thought of Young Justice as like the in, the literal internship program to get into the Justice League because Justice is in the title. And like Teen Titans is where like you don't want to intern yet. So you go do Teen Titans until you're ready to intern. Or you're not quite old enough. So once you're yeah. no longer a teen, once you turn 20, you move over to yeah. Young Justice. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, because it says you got Superboy, Wonder Girl, Impulse, Red Robin. So Red Robin is a different person, obviously, than... Uh, Nightwing, that's, right? I mean, yeah, that's Tim Drake. So Red Robin is Tim Drake before he becomes Red Hood, or does he turn back into Red Robin? That's once Jason he, Todd. Re, he, re, oh, that's Jason Todd. So Red Robin Red is, Hood is Jason Todd. Yeah, who's Red Robin? Tim Drake. Tim, Tim Drake. Drake. Okay, I got it. All right, I should know these things as a Batman fan, but I don't read the comic books. It's okay. Sorry. Um, I will not judge you openly. Only behind your back. <laughs> only behind my back. And then uh, let's see. The Young Avengers are reuniting, but it's for uh, Marvel's Pride uh, edition. Yeah, right? because there's two or three of them in there that are what you call gay, I think. Yeah. Or in some LBGDQRS. I'm going to write it down it. for you, Kev. It's LGBTQ+. Plus. LGBTQ+. So, so they, they put the plus, so they have they cover all the letters. That's not, it's, and more. It's inclusive. We strive to be inclusive both in the comics that we read and on the show, guys. I am an equal opportunity ball buster, okay? I don't care who or what you are. Yeah. I will bust your balls. Yeah. Say something about Jada Smith. <laughs> I'm going to need I'm gonna need to change the intro. That. I'm going to go get the army early thing for the intro and put it before Sandwich's name now. <laughs> you say something about Jada Smith. I'm gonna tag Will Smith in a in a post, and I'm gonna put that clip in it. She's a lovely woman. And give him your address. <laughs> she, she was on Gotham, right? He can yes, smack the taste was... out of your mouth. What the hell was she called? She was like a terrible some... character. She, but she was some... the main bad. She, she was, was the, the main villain, like right? boss. Penguin worked for uh, her. Yeah, yeah. It was an awful character. On an awful show. Fish Mooney. Figured it out. Fish Mooney. What a bad... That is a bad name. Um, And then, I guess the Scarlet Witch is getting even more powerful in the Marvel Universe. Like, could she get any more powerful? Yeah, I mean, that was a... Again, I think it was a foregone conclusion from the TV series. And just what you see of her in the trailer for Doctor Strange, that she's going to get more powerful. And I have a feeling... Mm. Maybe her getting more powerful and losing perhaps control of those powers, some of those powers could lead to X-Men. Yeah. So it would almost be a reverse House of M. Hmm. 
House of W. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I mean, almost. Yeah. But, you know, let's let's not forget. And I think what we're going to see in Doctor Strange 2, uh, what we definitely saw in the post credits of the Wanda uh, Vision, Wanda TV series, WandaVision, was the fact that she's after them kids. Yeah. She wants her kids back, you know, even though they were, you know, sort of uh, just creations of her mind, if you will. She wants those kids. And I think as a result of her wanting those kids, she is either openly or secretly manipulating the universes in order to make that happen. Yeah. And I think that's what we saw at the end of WandaVision. I think it's probably going to account or be represented in some fashion in Multiverse of Madness, but we're going to have to wait and see. But I have a feeling that, yeah. And I have a feeling that action... The action of trying to get her kids into this world could lead us to X-Men. I think it's a viable sort of it's a viable sort of thing. I just don't know if they'll choose to go that direction. Right, because in, in an infinite multiverse, there's one out there where she did have kids, right? Mm-hmm. They'll probably be mutants. They would be mutants. But how would she how would she actually have them with vision considering that he's a robot? Well, isn't like so isn't in the comics his brain waves is based off of like Wonder Man. That's so, true. I mean, like true. it could Nathan, they could introduce Wonder Man for the sake of just being a dad. No, I don't think they'll do that. I think that it's irrelevant how they were created. Because she's gonna the fact that they were created is the issue, not how they were created. So she's how gonna... they were created. They were created in Wanda's mind. How did she create them inside of her own mind? Who knows? It's irrelevant. The fact is that somewhere in the universe they exist and she wants them. Right. Okay. I mean, that's no, that, that makes sense. Way, well, that's the way I'm taking it, in the sense that I think that's that's gonna be the driving storyline for her, at least I'm I'm sure in this movie coming up. Yeah. But does it extend beyond that? Maybe it does. And does that sort of rip? Does that give us the mutants in this universe? I honestly don't know. Yeah, but you know I'm, I'm excited to find out. So well, you know what I'm expecting from this movie. I'm expecting to see uh, Vision again at the end, at least, and like after credit scene or White something. Vision or the real Vision? White Vision. Yeah. Well, the ship of Theseus is he the real Vision or not? It is all the way the real Vision now? I think think i mean yes. by virtue you know by virtue of the events of wandavision he's at least mostly vision yeah i mean because he still has all the memories right yeah well we'll have to wait and see yeah i guess we'll see um but just just to go back through in the comic books uh going through a little bit of wanda's uh history right so she absorbed uh, she fused with Cathan's tome, the dark hold. So she's fused with the talk, the dark hold, and uh, she's basically a god level power, cosmic power in in the comic books now. Cool, another one. Yeah, I mean, well, and so again, I I just wonder if that if they don't do that for a while and then have something happen that takes away her, you know, that reduces her back to, you know, because how long can you tell stories with a character that's got a god level power, right? They they are not main well, characters. They reduce her or kill her. Yeah, and then and then bring her back with back to her normal powers when or they no. resurrect her, hmm. or no, or they just kill her. Yeah, I guess. 
And then the last little article, I saw an article over on Screen Rant that it's kind of saying that one of the problems with comic books is that, and it's the, the article title was, Marvel confirms Iron Man is a total failure and always will be. Basically saying that because it's they need to continue to have stories, they have to continue to have these characters make the same mistakes over and over again and have the same problems and never overcome them. And I, I don't mean, I, I don't know if that's good or bad. Like it always just comes back to, you know, Tony's got the same problems, right? He's an alcoholic. He's, uh, you know, all the all the stuff that went down with his father. So, I don't know. What do you guys? You guys, any comments on that? I mean, yeah, that's just how Batman will also be twenty or in the twenty to forty range for all time, because not yeah, for me. He, no, but you know what I mean. No, I mean, not for me, because the I, I, th- I still think I maintain to this day the ultimate Batman story is the Dark Knight Returns. And he's yes, way but not... that is one story. But has anything but changed with Batman most... in that time frame? Like, I mean, he's still exactly the same person that he always was, right? Has he learned anything in his in his whole life to change his attitude or actions by the Dark Knight Returns? Only his hatred for Clark and what Clark represents. And, you know, there, there are some there are some tenets of the character in that story that are more extreme, I think, in that story than they were in other stories. Um, um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I don't generally disagree with what you're trying to say, Sandwich. I just think that everybody sort of has a personal take on that on that particular, you know, issue. Um with regards to the sort of frozen time capsule uh, way that comic books seem to not have their characters age. I mean, let's be honest, how old would Batman be? He appeared in 38. Yeah. Well, it's not like 1938. It's not so much about having them age. It's about having them evolve as a character. They just continue to make the same mistakes over. That's what what I'm saying. But I mean, age is definitely a factor. These guys aged through, uh, a world war and all the other strife that's happened in the world since i mean so from a certain perspective you know from a certain point of view i need to get that sound drop anyway yeah so, so what were you saying sandwich that like the the you know the stories are still what people want it's that time of the night we turn on the black light let the dungeons and the dragons begin it's dnd With the legends of your it's DND. I'm on fire with the buttons today. I'm doing a really good job, I think. Excellent I producing want, going on. I just want to say that I'm just not in support of all of this sandwich abuse on the program. I'm just not in support of it. Who created the bit? Wasn't Does me. Every bit have to revolve around sandwich? I don't think so. But I'm not the producer, so I can only do so much. I'm well, sorry, Sandwich. No, That's I'll, I apologize. We'll, we'll we'll get to that next. We'll we'll do a Kev bit next. I promise a Kev bit after the D and D bit. Sandwich D and D news. Yes, recently announced from Dungeons and Drag from Wizards of the Coast, uh, Dungeons and Dragons book on the horizons, Journeys through the Radiant Citadel. This is one of those um, like one shot adventure books. 13 adventures spanning levels 1 to 14. Each wow. of his own fantastic maps and whatnot. Um, 11 new monsters. And 
it introduces the Radiant Citadel, a new location on the ethereal plane that connects adventures to a richly detailed and distinct corners of the D&D multiverse. Once again, multiverse. Everyone is multiversing. It is it's yeah. the new it's a new hot thing. Let me multiverse. Absolutely. So wait, but the ether- the ethereal plane is just another yes. plane of existence. That's not the multiverse. It's the same universe. It's, it's just a, a different joining plane. place of the multiverses. Mm. Has so, that ever have we ever heard that before? That you get from one universe to the other but going through the ethereal plane? I don't know. That just not in my games. So uh well, technically in your game, yes. Because because no. magic's in the game, then yes, that is how that works. Okay. Because there are people in magic who go between planes by doing basically that. Are they called the Are they called planeswalkers? Yeah. They are actually called planeswalkers. No, I don't accept Magic the Gathering in D and D. Magic the Gathering sir, is not canon. There's already three books, so you don't have to accept it. You already own the books. So, I mean, again, so what we're really saying is that... I own all the books. It's I own Oriental Adventures. Oh, I wish I still had mine. Um, so, wait, who, who owns who owns Dungeons & Dragons now? It's Wizards of the Coast, but who owns Wizards, that? Wizards, a.k.a. Hasbro. Oh, hold on. This is Kevin destroying the Toy Biz Legends box set. Stupid fucking garbage! Why? Why? And now, another Big Kev Hasbro rant. Some bullshit. Bullshit, I say! Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how that's appropriate here just because Hasbro owns it. Well, no, but Hasbro, are they just grouping all of their properties together, right? They're bringing yes. magic and, well, I guess they don't own, I, I don't know, I guess I was thinking about uh, the critical role and they're, they're let's, just bringing Let's talk that about in. what you were really thinking about. And that was, how am I going to ham-handedly get this get this bit into this show? Yeah, I wanted to. Be, That's what you were really thinking Because I thought the how holothon. Will I, how will I, you see that square peg? How am I going to get that round peg in that square peg hole? Yeah, and That's it was long. It was too long. I need to shorten that uh, that intro a little bit. Um, a little. But I was also thinking that... And actually, Hasbro's done a terrific job with Dungeons & Dragons. So there goes your yeah. There goes your bit right out the window. No, you know why? Because I was going to use it for... I was thinking the Holothon, but that's not Hasbro. Holothon is not Hasbro, no. We don't have a NECA bit, nor would we ever, because... Despite the fact there are many criticisms about NECA as a company and as about the quality of some of the materials they use, which I don't necessarily agree with, um, they didn't fuck this up. Target did. <laughs> and as a result, I don't have Fugitoid. Oh, wow. Oh, that, that, should, that should make you pretty mad. I'm furious about that uh, because, you know, I don't have a... Uh, you know, my turtles wheelhouse, and there really isn't, I really don't have a turtles wheelhouse. I mean, I have a couple of loose character affiliations, Casey Jones, Usagi Ojimbo, um, and, and, and really it would be the Mirage stuff, which is the stuff based on the original comic book, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the mid 80s. 
any of that stuff I'm interested in because that's sort of, um, you know, I mean, although they were really classics by the time I got to them, um, those original issues of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I mean, I'm like, I don't even know, like 10, 12, 14 years after I was born, you know, <laughs> uh, those books had, I mean, before I was born is, is when those books came out. So, but I, I do have an, aff a, a, an affinity for the stylings of the original comic book and therefore any of the thing, any of the sort of action figures and product that that sort of reflects that interests me and so i do have a tiny bit of a mirage wheelhouse and fugitoid is one of those characters that although he's been represented in the ninja turtles line in the past has never been this well represented in the line and i don't care i would have bought the signed one for a hundred i would have bought the loose one i probably would have bought both if they were available however Within six seconds on Target's website, they were all gone. And I just don't understand why we're, why we're doing this in the 21st century. This is the same company who I lauded two weeks ago or three weeks ago for making an open order window for their products like Usagi Ojimbo, which I did order, by the way. Sandwich, heads up. Um, heads up for the Usagi. It's going to be coming your direction soon. The point is, is that I lauded them for doing exactly the opposite of what the Holothon is, which is, hey, get in there and get it fast because we're going to have three of them. And if you're not one of the three people that gets it, well, tough shit to you, right? And the Holothon website, by the way, which is the out of the US version of the Target website, basically you can order these exclusive products on the Holothon website, um, for people who can't order them through Target. Well, guess what? The Holothon website rollout didn't work either. So what the fuck is going on? So you know, is, it, is it just, did you say the website didn't work or just sold out quickly or both? No, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, it, it, well, Hall, it, it's, it's both, but it's, it's different. The Target website, they sold out in a hot second. The Holothon site didn't even work. So I don't know if anybody who was outside of the U.S. even had access to Fugitoid. And Fugitoid, I have to tell you, again, besides being a Mirage character that I really want, is not the only character, uh, not the only release in that batch that meant something to me. It was also Demona, and it was also uh, another one of the Gargoyles, uh, besides Demona. Um, oh, my God. Is it Brooklyn? Bronx? The one that looks like a dog. Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't know the. I don't know them well Queens. enough. No, but you said you, you're really liking those. Uh, they're amazing. Those figures. Yeah, they're amazing. And Demona and one of the other ones. You see, now this is a whole thing because this is also, in addition to being this Target online bullshit, also this um, Holothon website bullshit. These products were also supposed to turn up in Target stores. Well, I have a Target store and not a single product has turned up in the store for any of those things. And I also have heard more than one story of Target's getting one. One Demona. One Fugitoid. You know, one of the other whatever the exclusives, the the Ninja Turtle, the, co the cartoon 
Ninja Turtle four pack re-release that everybody on the planet who collects turtles or has gotten into turtles wants. And one turned up at, at a target. None of them turned up at a target near me. None of them are available for ordering or pre-ordering online. I'm in the U.S., so I can't use the Holothon website if it fucking worked anyway, which it didn't. I don't know. And that was week one. We've even gone now into week two. Slightly less appealing products to most people. So I didn't hear about a lot of problems. Black and White Wolfman from their uh, Universal Monsters line was one of them. Um, the Bebop and Rocksteady uh, robots uh, robot versions of those characters in the uh, animated line from NECA. Those, that two-pack was released. Um, I can't really tell you uh, the rest of them because I don't think I really had any interest. But I'm seeing the point is, on the Target website, I'm seeing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Cobra Kai, and it's yeah. uh, Mikey versus Danny LaRusso, and then Ra- Raphael versus John Kreese. What a is crazy! What, it is? what a crazy! Yeah, yeah, no, no, because because NECA has both of those lines. But what? A, I mean, that's just a strange matchup. Yeah, we got the we got this IP. Let's just use it. Yeah, pretty much. Is it another version of the turtles we can put out? Yeah, why not? They're banking off the turtle power there, no pun intended, uh, and uh, and not the fact that maybe necessarily anybody wants Cobra Kai action figures. And it's Donatello se. versus Johnny Lawrence and uh leo versus miguel okay so you can get all four of the ninja turtles versus yeah all right i'm just looking at the target i was just looking to see if there was a fugitoid at at my local target um i see the signed one for 99 dollars, but it is not available at any local targets And, and and none and they're available nowhere and so if you're a a turtle fan eastman larid a Ninja Turtle comic book fan, you ain't getting Fugitoid, at least not anytime soon. And it's it's equally heartbreaking for me that I can't get the Demona either, and or or the uh, the other one that got re- that got released apparently in stores because apparently there's some in hand images of people who were lucky enough, I guess, to be in Target the day the One Piece showed up. Right. Well, what the hell is going on? You know. Are we going to continue to go through this bullshit nonsense with Target and Walmart getting these fucking exclusives and getting three of them? Look at the secondary market on Demona or Fugitoid. They're over $100. It's ridiculous. Does NECA take no notice of this? I mean, I again, NECA is really disappointing in this regard here because These are the same guys who on their own website have an open order period. If you order Usagi Ojembo between this period and this period, you're guaranteed to get one. We're going to produce one because you bought it. But not Fugitoid? Not Demona? In what is becoming, with all due respect, that Gargoyles line is becoming enormously popular. Every release gets talked about. Even the even the sort of first looks, like they just again they showed another one, Brooklyn or Bronx, whoever it was, you know, Queen Staten Island, whichever one of the gargoyles it is, they they showed another one. They they put another one sort of just before pre order, and where and you know like everyone's talking about it, and also talking about the fact that they can't get Demona or the other one. And Turtles guys, wow, NECA doing some great stuff Turtles-wise. Can't fucking get it. 
So why would they make a deal with a major retailer like Target or Walmart and not create enough to meet demand? They don't. I, I can't believe they don't understand the demand. So why are they producing no, th so few? This is the problem: is is that they think they're creating demand, and what they're doing is they're killing, they're killing their collector base. And this is what this is. You know, we got to call it out for what it is here. Hasbro has a hand in this too. You know, I know I said it wasn't going to be a Hasbro rant. Boom, vindication. Yep, sort of vindication. Yeah, let's be <laughs> honest here. Hasbro runs out of their own products on their own website instantly. Yes. Instantly. How are you running out of an army builder figure on your own website, Hasbro? How? The most popular line on the planet at one time, no longer Star Wars, but you're running out of army builders. It's a fucking army builder. How do you run out? How are you not putting it in production to satisfy all the orders that are coming in? For that matter, why has no one adopted an ordering window? You order between this date and this date, you're guaranteed we're going to get you whatever your order was. Why? And why does NECA half-ass do it? We'll do it with Usagi and the neutrinos. I think it's neutrinos. We'll do it with those two on our website, but we're not going to do it with Fugitoid. We're not going to do it with uh, the the Demona or or anything else, and are these coming to other locations? Are they only Target exclusives? Are they Target exclusives right now? But later, I'll be able to go back to Big Bad Toy Store and get them. Who knows? The answer is nobody. Nobody knows. I just saw a post on Reddit about the Demona. This guy went to Target. This Target that this guy went to. Got shipped one Demona. And yeah, got it. one. Yeah, I said that earlier. One Demona, one Fugitoid, one box set of the animated Turtles re-release that everybody is fucking waiting for. Because if you came to the animated NECA, the animated NECA line, let's be clear, not to be confused with Super 7's Ultimates, the animated NECA line, if you come late to that party, you can't get the Turtles. So they re-release the turtles, but nobody can fucking get them. Who the fuck? What the fuck is going on over there? Like, this is the worst part of collecting and everybody is talking about it. And, and everybody it is talking about how great independent toys are and how they're getting them in our hands. You know, I think, I think the guy's handle might be loose collector. I'm going to, I'm going to feel bad because I don't remember just uh, just kickstarted a figure of mr hyde now it's not marvel's mr hyde and it's not sort of like it's not league of extraordinary gentlemen's mr hyde it's sort of a generic mr hyde figure he's enormous he's big and bulky clearly there's inspiration from all of different sources um and he kickstarted it and it and it made it i was so happy that the guy made it um, and it's it's a six inch scale figure, but obviously because Mr. Hyde is huge. And but yet still, there's more positive talk about that toy than anything that has come out with regards to NECA, Hasbro, and so on of late. So I think it's called Monster Hyde, six inch deluxe figure, and it is loose collector. So you got it right. Oh, I did get it right. Well, good for me. 
Um, but you know, it's it's that's the direction we're going. We're going in this independent toy direction again, and the big companies are only only feeding their own demise. So, uh, so here's my question: There, I mean, shouldn't I guess is isn't a bigger company more able to say we have the ability to increase the production on something like this, and yes. when we see demand, just create more? Because they, yes. but then I don't understand why they don't do that. And it's the same reason. I do, no why one I, does. And I, I don't, and I don't understand. I just don't feel like creating the Comic Con exclusive of something that you know that's just going to piss off ninety nine percent of your fan base because they can't get it. Just make that thing for the millions of people that want it. Wouldn't you make more money? I don't understand that. And maybe it's just something I don't understand about collecting, but it just seems like you would make more profit as a company if you just made enough for everybody that wants one. If you do, you know, and I, again, I lauded them for this two or three weeks ago. If you do an open order window, everyone will be happy, right? Mm -hmm. Except speculators, Right. Except guys who are creating bots to buy things on Target's website. Yeah, there'll be one or two people that forgot to do it during the open order period that has to then buy it on the secondary market. But anybody that wants it and was paying attention can have it. That seems like that's what you, that's yep. good customer service, right? But you don't build, you know, according to uh, marketing people, you don't build excitement about it because you know it's easily attainable. So therefore it's not exciting. Well, that's bullshit right out of the gate but that's what they say if you ask them that's what they'll say they're building brand excitement by making things limited no what they're doing is turning off collectors and future collectors because why on earth am i gonna now i have to go on the secondary market to buy fugitoid and spend a hundred dollars on them it's a 33 dollar figure which by the way is expensive but that aside it's a 30 odd dollar figure i'm gonna pay three times the price for it and is it coming out anywhere else? Is it exclusive to Target in this bullshit holothon? Is it, you know, like what? Why is there no additional information? Why can't I find a single place to buy, to buy that Demona online? There isn't a single place that I've seen to purchase it online other than eBay. And again, three or four or more times the retail price. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's frustrating. It's absolutely outrageous. You know, and I am, I am completing, I am a completist on the Gargoyles, at least, you know, in so much as they've announced they're going to do at least the whole team, you know, and a couple of, and, and some key other characters. So I'm in. I will be a, a, a sort of completist, if you will, on the Mirage Turtle products, because that's my, I mean, other than, again, Casey Jones and uh, and Usagi, who are sort of loose wheelhouses, the real wheelhouse turtle, the real turtle's wheelhouse for me would be the Eastman and Laird comic book stuff. And here we go. They announced, what did they announce? They announced that one figure, she went on sale uh, pre-order a big bad toy store and did very well. I think from what I heard, they announced Fugitoid and they go exclusive and he's three times the price on the second market. If you can get him, Yeah. Ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. It's like they want, it's like they're pissing in our mouths. <laughs> Hold on. It's D and D warriors that terrify. It's D and D.
I mean, I needed to wrap up that at some point. I couldn't just leave it dangling out there. We didn't even <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> you went in sandwich. sandwich. Give us a little more info here. What are we looking at? Is this a set in the, in the uh, uh, what you call it, universe? The what I watch mean? D&D instead of playing it universe? No, no this is. Unless, this of is course, a, it has an interesting and different hook. This is. It would make uh, it exciting. In say. theory, yes. This is set within just a generic D&D universe. It's oh, 11 it adventures within canon. Canon. You know, it's hard to say what's really canon, I guess. Um, with 13 standalone adventures. So these are those adventures similar in the vein of um, Candlekeep Mysteries, I think the book was called. What was the Frost one? Well, that was a campaign. Okay. So Different this is, as a, so a campaign is one long adventure. This is 13 little one-shots. 13 little one-shots. Like, oh, I think okay. it was called Candlekeep Mysteries, where there's, like, mm-hmm. a, a couple of one-shot stories. You, you could run them. You can throw them in any adventure, essentially, is one of the hooks. And this is the same similar kind of hook. These are adventures you can plug into your, your campaign at any level, basically, beyond, you know, level 15, because... They don't want to make stories for that, which fine, fine. I want you to. You don't have to listen to me. What do I know? Um, so it's just more content that DMs can use. And sure, it doesn't have to be for an entire campaign. You could just run a collection of one shots. There's probably a line where you run all of these campaigns, one after all these little one shots, one after another, and level up the characters that way. So, you know, it's Sandwich, let me ask you this. You're, you're a DM, right? Yes, I, I, I DM. And, and you just said you wanted a, you want some campaign material for higher level characters. But so would you say, in general, by the time yeah. you've leveled up a character to 15, by the time you've played enough to bring characters up to level 15, that you want to just go make your own homebrews? Or do you want campaigns for level 15 and above? Well, I, I, I want that content because the problem is, yes, for me, I would like to homebrew. There are people who with who don't respect just don't or they don't know how to so then the characters end and yeah in theory 15 is not prematurely ending a campaign most times because level 15 you're fighting like gods you're beginning to fight like gods and it's important and it's a big deal but like the game goes to 20 so like you, you feel i feel like you're getting shorted five levels of content you know so you need, you need that God-tier campaign of 15 yeah. to 20, which is, yeah, we're going to go kill God. Well, don't forget. Well, you know, the thing that we have to face here that, that maybe we're not talking about is the fact that we need to we need to remember that this is a business. And the business here is to bring more new people in. And, and bringing more new people in means bringing in or having more low-level character content available. Yes. And so it's it's a bit like Masters of the Universe in the sense that every line that comes out, there's a He-Man and a Skeletor in the line. Yes. That's kind of where we're that's where we're at here, you know, and and it's the it's that there will always be that. Now, I think I think I agree with Sandwich in the sense that I think they're out of balance a little bit here. I think they should be giving even if it's let's call it once a year. You know, because right now it seems to me all the content that comes out is new player content. Even if once a year, one book, one something dealt with characters, even mid-range characters. There hasn't been one over 15 yet in in 5e, right? Never. 
Yeah. They never go. So that's that's all right. A lot. So let's talk about 16 through 25 or 16 through 30. You know, let's talk about, you know, the fact that they should have at least a product once a year coming out that addresses those characters. So I will say, no, they're not giving us campaigns, but I will point out like uh, Fizzband's Treasury of Dragons, the dragon book that came out semi-recently had monsters in there at a higher CR. That's a challenger rating for those who are initiated. That are like 25, 26 that are meant for higher levels of play. So I appreciate that because you're giving tools for higher level of play. But I also think it would be a great tool to have like a campaign that starts at eight or 10 and goes to 20, you know, right. Just it's something to get them to the end, because why would you why would we make all of this content for like, oh, at level 20, your character gets to do this if you don't have a story for it. What's the yeah, point of I, having I that content? It. I if get you can't it. Go there. You know, I think they're I, well, I said I think they're out of balance. Yeah, and I think that they need to bring that balance back in. Is there a particular hook to these? Like, is there something like they, some I think sort of they theme all that runs throughout? I think they all essentially take place on this material. This uh, what's the way ethereal it's pronounced? Plane. Astral plane. Ethereal. Plane? It, it's ethereal plane, but it's in the radiant citadel, which I think is like basically like a giant party spot. Oh, cool! It's where all the cool ethereal characters party. Yeah, and it, our, a magical and, city with connections to lands rich and with excitement and danger. And and how much is excitement and danger going to run me, sandwich? The hardcore price of because I think it's yeah, it's four nine ninety five. Well, actually, I can't find a designated MSR. I, I feel MSRP. like they've been consistently forty nine ninety five. Near enough. It, I, the, the only MSRP. book I I think D and D related that wasn't forty nine ninety five was the cookbook. That I can remember in recent years, is it? And we, do we are we back to multiple covers as well? Back to multiple covers. There's two covers. Uh, the alternate cover, I like it. It it's a little. It looks different. Not a not bad, but I do think it looks different. If you don't know that that's a D and D, if you don't know that's the alternate cover of a D and D book, I do think people might just not realize it and not get it. Right. You know, if you don't know any better, because it looks kind of more like steven university that's the way i'm going to describe it right which isn't bad uh, i'm not anti-steven universe i'm just saying the alternate cover kind of looks like that kind of style right right whereas you know the normal cover has that same kind of like D feel to it <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know it, I, i'm excited for more content we're getting new monsters um i feel like i haven't gotten a new race in a while which is fine we got a couple before uh i'm excited for the prospects thinking about uh higher level content we're getting that another monster manual soon the monsters of the multiverse so multiverse once again as we love multi multiverses multiverse Uh, just wait till we do the geek stuff verse and there's there's a whole nother (laughs) some other big person hey hey don't 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 give any of that away sir that's all you know that's all in-house material. Don't do any of that now. So, that's okay. all planned out. Okay, let's wrap it up again. It's D and D. All right, that's enough. <laughs> it's and, D- and and with that, we should probably bring this bitch to a close. So let me do let I me do one more it. thing. One more thing. Uh, just coming up. Hold on. I swear, if you do 
I, if you do park news when I have to go. <laughs> okay, uh, WonderCon is this weekend. Celebration's coming up in May. And FurnaceCon by the makers of Huracan is coming up in June. Now, you know the Huracan folks over in Long Island? That's super fan Sergey's country. I think so. So I would love for them to call in and tell us about uh, FurnaceCon, which is coming up June Furnace 4th. FurnaceCon. Yeah. FurnaceCon. So, I so think how would they call us? On the GVM line. GVM line. 201-730-2547. All right. So as we're wrapping up here, uh, we'll do the social medias, right? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's GeekStuffTNG and all those places. And uh, hit us up over on Patreon, patreon.com slash geekstufftng, where you can support the show in a number of different ways. And then wherever you catch the show on a podcatcher, like, subscribe, review, leave a positive review, and share it with your friends. That helps the show out ever so much. And uh, I would say you can find me on the Twitters and the Instagram at Scott. Sandwich? Oh, you just you just stopped, so I didn't know who you were throwing it to. You can find me on Instagram at Fat Dumbledore, F-A-T-D-O-M-B-L-E-D-O-R-E. How did you know I forget where you can't my... find him? You know where you where? can't find him? Where? Fortnite. Fortnite. You motherfucker. And you can find me over at Big Kev GS on the Xbox One and Fortnite networks. And you can uh, find me as BK Geek Stuff everywhere else. And with that, we will bring this episode of Geek Stuff TNG to a close. The way we end some episodes by saying, Good night, Will Smith's career. Wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music. This is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school. When a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared and said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. I begged and pleaded with her day after day, but she packed my suitcase to send me on my way. She gave me a kiss and then she gave me my ticket. I put my Walkman on and said, I might as well kick it. First class, yo, this is bad. Drinking orange juice out of a champagne glass. Is this what the people of Bel Air living like? Hmm, this might be alright. But wait, I hear the prissy bourgeois and all that. Is this the type of place that they just send this cool cat? I don't think so. I see when I get there. I hope they're prepared for the Prince of Bel Air. The plane landed and when I came out There was a dude look like a cop standing there with my name out I ain't trying to get arrested yet, I just got here I sprang with the quickness like lightning disappeared I whistled for a cab and when it came near The license plate said freshen it and dice in the mirror If any 
anything I can say that this cab was rare But I thought, man, forget it Yo, home's the Bel Air I pulled up to the house about seven or eight And I yelled to the cabbie, yo, home, smell you later Looked at my kingdom, I was finally there To sit on my throne as the Prince of Bel-Air What?